Hello everybody and welcome back to the Batter, a gaming and variety podcast episode 21. I'm getting better at this. I am remembering kind of where we're at. I am your host. I almost said I'm your co-host. No, I am your host, Katie Cupcake. I am joined by the lovely Miss Toki. Miss Toki G once again. Miss Toki G had a little bit of a cold, so um, do with that as you may. She's a little silly. She's a little loopy. Uh, yes, and we're just gonna roll with it. I had a rough day today, but we're just gonna keep plugging along and uh, get through this. So for those of you who are following the respawn recruits journey I have been benched I did not make top 50 but we are going to keep on and just you know what what will come will come as it may and you know it was fun there was a lot of memories there was a lot of challenges I met a lot of cool people that I normally probably wouldn't have ever been able to connect with and there's a lot of memories that we made a lot of laughs and I am proud of the work that not only I put in, but everybody else put in. And, you know, I'm benched. It's not over. I'm just, I'm just out for now. But <clears throat> enough about that. <laughs> Let's get back. Let's get into the Xbox boss that there was an email leaked and explains why game publishers are eating themselves alive. <clears throat> Greed is my my personal <laughs> my personal thoughts. But what do you think, Miss Toki? I would have to agree with you. It's very much so about greed and that they just want money. They don't care about what they put out anymore. Yeah. So basically, I guess a bunch a trove as this article puts it of unredacted documents accidentally got uploaded to a federal courts case server I'm gonna call bullshit on an accident because federal people don't mess with anything so I'm calling bullshit on the whole accident thing but it you know basically the world's got an unprecedented look into the secret how do you say that word machinations which I hate that word. Like it just it it doesn't flow. It doesn't whatever. And so basically Xbox is a two trillion dollar tech giant. Which is a lot of money. And it basically just talked about um Phil Spencer's, who is the Microsoft Gaming CEO analysis of you know, what is plaguing AAA video game publishers? Look at all the indie developers that have been doing great post-COVID. And look at the AAA ones who have been struggling a little bit before COVID, but now they have really just shot themselves in both feet post-COVID. And, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of like going into a recession, right? So their greed is just going to further hinder their ability to kind of recoup what they have lost because of the, you know, hold up on everything. But 
Um, you know, I get it, you know, especially because Microsoft bought Bethesda and that wasn't really as lucrative as it was promised to be. Shocking there. And uh, me and Bales kind of talked about that in last week's episode, if you missed it, where, you know, basically Bethesda presented themselves as something that was worth, you know, whatever they bought it for. I don't remember at this point. But once things came out, their value plummeted. And so basically Microsoft got scammed. So they're having a huge issue with, you know, recouping money, market disruption. But all I can say is if you look at all the indie developers, they're doing really good. But they're doing fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. But they know what the consumer base is wanting because they themselves are making what they are doing because they want to do it, not just to push something out and then, oh, we'll slap a battle pack on it and we'll work on it later. Right. And there are certain battle passes that just aren't worth it. Like, if you're paying $10 and the, the battle pass is for a very short amount of time, people aren't going to pay for that because they're not getting their money's worth. Not everybody can play the same thing every single day because of life or kids or work or they don't want to play the same game every day and grind it out. Hello? Hello. It sounded like you got mad and then like just stopped. Mama. I was taking a sip of my tea. I'm sorry. Oh no, you're fine. It took a sip of water. So what we have here is basically a portion of what was found online via what Spencer wrote. And over the past five to seven years, the AAA publishers have tried to produce or try to use production sale. I'm going to start that over. Rewind. Spencer. Yeah, I I don't know what happened there, so we're just going to start over. (laughs) Spencer writes, Over the past five to seven years, the AAA publishers have tried to use production scale as their new moat. Very few companies can afford to spend the $200 million in Activision or Take-Two spend to put a title like Call of Duty or Redemption on the shelf. These AAA publishers have, mostly, used this production scale to keep their top franchises in the top selling games each year. The issue these publishers have run into is these same production scale slash cost approach hurts their ability to create new IP. The hurdle rate on new IP at these high production levels have led to risk aversion by big publishers on new IP. We've seen a rise of AAA publishers using rented IP to try to offset the risk. Star Wars with EA, Spider-Man with Sony, Avatar with Ubisoft, etc. The same dynamic has obviously played out in Hollywood as well with Netflix creating more new IP than any of the movie studios. Specifically, the AAA game publishers starting from a position of strength driven from physical retail have failed to create any real platform effect for themselves. They effectively continue to build their scale through aggregated per game P&Ls hoping to maximize each new release of their existing IP. In the new world where a AAA publisher 
doesn't have real distribution leverage with consumers, they don't have production efficiencies, and their new IP hit rate is not disproportionately higher than the industry average. We see that the top franchises today were mostly not created by AAA game publishers. Games like Fortnite, Roblox, Minecraft, Candy Crush, Clash Royale, Dota 2, etc. were all created by independent studios with full access to distribution. Overall, this, in my opinion, is a good thing. Huh? Is a good thing for the industry, but does put AAA publishers in a precarious spot moving forward. AAA publishers are milking their top franchises, but struggling to refill their portfolio of hit franchises. Most AAA publishers are riding the success of franchises created 10 plus years ago. Exactly, he hit the nail on the motherfucking head. Very much so. Like, leaked or not. It's facts. Because it, it just touched on, like, I hadn't read that blurb because I wanted to save it for, like, a, a genuine reaction while reading it to the, you know, the the audience, as, as you will. But it's basically what you and I were discussion, discussing before we even, you know, got into reading that. It's just, you know, indie developers are listening. They're, you know... And looking at the general, like, okay, people are sick of this. What can we do to expand? Because everyone's remaking and remastering and redoing and blah, 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 blah. And there's not really a lot of new things coming out, movie-wise, game-wise, etc. People are bored. Oh, it's it's a a hundred percent a Souls game. I downloaded it because it's on Game Pass, and the bar, the movement, the ambiance—it's basically Bloodborne. But it's not it's not bad. It looks it looks interesting. Yeah, you basically go through as Pinocchio learning dark secrets about your past. Um, you know, you play as the puppet Pinocchio made by Geppetto. That's like, you know, their version of, of the story and kind of... It's interesting. I, I, am, I didn't think those would be two things that ever got meshed together. But it, it seems better than a lot of these other ones that we're having. It's like, I, I personally... Yeah, they're not really... I enjoy playing Call of Duty, but, like, it's... It's not new. Yeah, I mean, I personally haven't liked anything or haven't really looked forward to anything. Um, Cold War was really good for me. I love Cold War, but overall, it's, it, they need to, you know, do something else. But there's a huge market for Call of Duty still, which is mind-blowing. 
because I play it and I'm just like, the amount of times you hear about hackers and cheaters and it's just like, mm-hmm, yep. And uh, don't get me wrong, that's always been present. Like, I started playing when COD 4 came out, so a long-ass time ago. And, you know, there were hackers in there. You, they would change, like, the UI. They would, you know, change the lobbies. They would basically be up in the sky where you couldn't shoot them, but they could, like, noob tube you. And it was just, like, it got sick, and then we got excited because a new Call of Duty was coming out, and then it was just rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And I, I played game battles. I did game battles for Black Ops. I really loved it. It's just... <sighs> these AAA companies need to start bringing on more creative minds or be more open to the other creative ideas. running Super Mario 64 you know that game that game didn't really have a lot of problems people just found ways to get around and yeah. speed run it mm -hmm. so I don't know but more on Microsoft so they also announced recently they already have their next Xbox planned so the Series X came out during COVID, right? Because there was a lot, and PS5 did too. Yeah, they launched alongside each other. And then they took, they're still struggling to get, <laughs> I, I don't know if, if Microsoft is struggling as much as Sony is with the supply and demand issue that is oh. PS5. But, you know, there was a, a lot of issues. It was basically Xbox. Series X's or S's were impossible to find. Same with PS5's. And then if you tried to upgrade a graphics card because the 3080 got released, that was also okay. impossible. <laughs> so... Because of all the crypto miners with that one, though. Yeah. It, it... 2020 was a wild time. Yeah. <laughs> Like, let alone, like, forget about the pandemic, just, like, the general, like, like, what happened after that was wild. But anyways, so Microsoft announced that their new Xbox will be coming in 2028, so, you know, basically eight years after Series X has come out. I don't even have a Series X, and at this point, I'm like, okay, five years... I have a PC. If I want a new console, I'm probably just going to wait for the new one. If if it's even worth it. Because it's a little weird. Like, I, I picked this topic for today because 
Microsoft's next Xbox, coming 2028, envisions hybrid computing. And I'm like... Hybrid computing, yet when, when you read further down, it's like, it has no disk drive whatsoever. Right, and it's gonna basically rely on cloud gaming, and they better fucking optimize it, is all I have to say. Because their cloud gaming right now is fucking trash. <laughs> There is lag from the the cloud service and putting it into your system, and then forget about it if you're trying to to stream because it's either not going to stream because it's sucking up too much internet, or it's going to be you know you're going to be dropping FPS all of the time because of all of the connection issues. Because me and Mister. Um, we're going to do Resident Evil 5 when it was on PlayStation Plus, but we would both have to, you know, stream it via cloud gaming, and then I would be streaming it via stream, because I've been playing all the Resident Evil games on stream. It, it just wasn't gonna work. <laughs> so, it, they better fucking optimize it. They have five years to get their shit together and if I see like an inkling of it looking like shit then y'all can fuck off you ain't getting my money no. cause cloud gaming is awesome you know especially if it's a service where you don't have to physically download the game to play it as well you just basically connect to the servers and then you're free to play then I'm okay with that, because all of these games and new games are so compacted with a lot of gigabytes of, you know, memory and storage that they need to, to play, and... Yeah, and I just feel like a lot of, like, I feel like it was something that was considered back then. You know, like, if you think about it, right? When you had a PlayStation 2, well, I'll just, uh, I'll just give, or PlayStation 1 as an example, you had a memory card. The memory card held 8 megabytes of data, and you could have a lot of games saved on there. Like, and we're talking like PS2, Kingdom Hearts 2, Kingdom Hearts and Kingdom Hearts 2 came out on. So we're not talking like, you know, bullshit games here. Like, Kingdom Hearts was a beefy game. Uh -huh. Final Fantasy, same thing. Beefy games. They had multiple discs. It's like. That still bothers me that we still do that with some games. Is, oh, here's your download data disc, and then here's your play disc, which will Yeah. So, you know, I'm here for a new new Xbox. I'm here for the idea of it. Basically saying cohesive hybrid compute. Our vision. Okay, so this is the vision. This is 99.9% likely not what we're going to be getting, but we will we will let them we will let you know what their vision is. We're just going to let them cook. Yeah. Develop a next generation hybrid game 
platform capable of leveraging the combined power of the client and cloud to deliver deeper immersion and entirely new classes of game experiences. I don't even know what the, what the fuck does that mean? New classes of game experience? <laughs> Optimized for real-time gameplay and creators, we will enable new levels of performance beyond the capabilities of the client hardware alone. So this is giving what we're the idea and what their vision is is giving what we want it's basically saying they're trying to bridge that gap between us as a consumer with our platform in the cloud service to basically have deeper immersion which would mean less of a disconnect between the game with lag and you know things like that um they're investing in some decent hardware Basically, CPU ARM 64 versus X64 Zen 6, and then CPU balance a big and little CPU cores. GPU co-design with AMD or license AMD IP Navi 5, and then MPU balancing the desire for flexible, programmable ML silicon versus high-performance silicon for targeted workloads. Forward compatibility, and then graphics innovation, so next-gen DirectX ray tracing, dynamic global illumination, <laughs> micro-polygon rendering optimizations, ML-based super-resolution extensibility model for faster iteration and innovation, and then lacking thin operating system for... Is that less than? Yeah. Greater yes. than le less less than ninety nine dollars consumer or handheld de devices. I don't know what the fuck that means, but the the idea is there. It's giving basically everything that has been brought upon like issues. It's going to be called the next gen, which. I don't know. We have a long way before it comes out, and they have a long time to... From, from sounds of the Lacking Thin OS, that makes it sound like they're going to have a portable handheld alongside their main console. Which is also weird. I don't think Xbox has ever done a handheld. As far as I know, no. It's a weird climate to start that now and not have it come out until 2028. But I mean, we we'll see. I will give it a chance. I will I will keep on top of it and see if there's any updates and trailers and you know, this is also going to branch out into like new TVs <laughs> needing to come out because you know, that's basically what happens if, if there's new developments tech-wise for consoles. TVs always seem to, you know, come right behind them with, you know, new updates. Okay, here's a TV that'll support the game quality you want. Right. Uh, I might also highly be considering at some point having to swap to Xbox because of how Sony is being with the PlayStation subscriptions. I am not looking forward to the price raise in 2024. I already canceled mine. I have no choice but to keep mine, but I will be downgrading. 
I can play through Misters, so he's keeping his for right now, and it just wasn't worth it. I don't. I also don't play PlayStation as often as you do, so it was like a double whammy. It's like I use Game Pass because it translates to both my Xbox and my PC, so I don't have to pay extra or anything like that. Uh, obviously the games available on either or are different because of the platforms, but I, I feel like I get my money's worth. And technically the specs for PS5 versus the Series X, the Series X had the PlayStation B for the first time in a long time. So, at least Microsoft is trying, whereas Sony just feels like they're just doing bare minimum. <laughs> and, you know, but since Microsoft just announced their new, new Xbox, you know, PlayStation and Sony are going to need to be planning their release because they like to, you know, try to come out at the same time. But anyways, talking about bad portability and, and bad service <laughs> is a wonderful segue to our next topic, which is Mortal Kombat 1 on the Nintendo Switch. My first question is, why? That's my first question. Well. Um, there's a haunting image of... Is that Melina? I literally can't tell. Yeah, I'm guessing it's Melina, but these graphics leave... We briefly talked about this before, and we basically said we didn't really expect... Like, what were you expecting when it it was coming to the Switch? But I would have... It, it, sh it shouldn't have come out. It's $70. And people didn't know about it until they bought it, because... There wasn't, like, images like this shared until the game came out. Oh, God. Sorry if I just blasted your eyes out. I am um, watching this trailer because I didn't actually, like, watch it. Blasted your eyes out? Ears. Ears out. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I'm tired. <laughs> okay. Their eyes appear to pop out of their sockets. If you look at the it like the cinematography has always been great, and if it from how it looks with the graphics on the Nintendo Switch, it makes me think that we've gone back to like the PS2 era. I think it was worse. I think looking at Melina in that image, and other you know pictures that have surfaced, it is worse than you know the the weird texture and you know humans just <laughs> never translated well on PlayStation. No. <laughs> uh, but again, what were what were we expecting for a game that was intentionally made to run on higher operating systems ported to the Nintendo Switch which is capped at a very, very low operation. Yeah, isn't it like thirty FPS too? It doesn't even yeah. get up to sixty. Right, so I'm just questioning like why they they thought people would buy it because it, it's awful. And seventy dollars is a steep price to play for something on the the Switch, 
even if you have like the the docking system for the switch and you're not playing on the light i don't know like I that feel like the light would run so much worse with this probably but i don't know like the graph like i i wanted to get mortal kombat 1 but i also didn't I'm being very choosy with what games I buy because they're just so expensive. And I have to really want the game in order for me to, you know, spend the money. And I'm not going to lie, like, nothing has really made me feel that way except for Fae Farm. And I don't even think that game is that expensive. I just haven't bought it yet because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not surprised at it looking like shit on the Switch. I just no. don't know why it was even thought that it could be ported to the Switch and run decently, let alone, like, at its best. Like, just decently. I mean, from what... Do we know if it's running horrible, or is it just that they those visuals have been downgraded so that it can Not sure. I think it's a little bit of both. But but even then, this this is a stretch of how much you had to downgrade. Right. Because the visuals, like they they did a lot to make Mortal Kombat One look really good. Because we just had Mortal Kombat Ten and Mortal Kombat Eleven. That were really good, and to come back to Mortal Kombat 1, they really needed to, like, wow us. And then they put it on the fucking Switch! <laughs> uh, I feel like that's just, like, where game companies throw their game as a graveyard. It's, it's just, the, the return rate is gonna be high. Anyways, I'm excited about this next topic. I, you haven't played this game, so... No, I have not. You would enjoy it, though. Have you watched anybody play this game? I've, I've watched a little bit, but not very much. It's super fun. So, basically, Sea of Thieves was... You could play it solo, but it really wasn't optimized for solo play. It was basically a multiplayer game... Where you, you know, you play as pirates and you collect treasure and you have PvP that you can do. And then you go on quests and find buried treasure. And you can have different ships depending on your, like, party size. But basically, they're finally bringing on an actual solo single player mode. And I am so excited for it. It's going to be called Safer Seas. So you'll also have the option to explore in private sessions without the threat of PvP starting December. So if you guys know anything about PvP in Sea of Thieves, you can get griefed a lot because people will know what kind of treasure you have and, you know, it, it's fun. Like, obviously, if you're being a real pirate, that would be a real thing. But there's no like level cap so like you could be like brand new to the game and you can just get absolutely bullied so i do like these changes 
uh, it, it'll honestly make me play the game again because it's hard. Not a lot of people I know play this game or have access to playing this game. And so, you know, trying to get them to play with is hard, especially because the friends that I do know that play the game live in uh, United Kingdom. So they are five hours ahead of me and time zones are a bitch. You know, they work, they work different hours than I do and I don't get off work until super late so you know it's just it just sucks so I'm excited for the solo player aspect I will definitely be trying it out as it is on I think it's still available on game pass like it's been on game pass for years so even still I probably will get it for the computer if not and that was another thing, like, this game runs really well on the Xbox, and I don't have the newer Xbox, I have the older Xbox, and it still runs really well on it. And it looks really nice, like, the graphics and the art style are really distinct. Yeah. And I think Miss Toki, if she had access to playing this game, would love to be a pirate. Yar, har. Well, you can have animals, and you can do stupid shit, and you can sing songs, and <laughs> you can get drunk and puke on people in the, um, the, the cell, the prison cell on the ship. What the fuck is that called? The brig? The brig, yeah. I was gonna say the bridge, and I'm like, I know that's not right. <laughs> no. <laughs> My brain is just gone. Gone forever at this point. But yeah, so if you die, yeah, so if you, if you, do, your friends can do some, so basically if there's three or more of you on a ship, they can vote and just, or you can vote and throw somebody in the brig. And then like initiation for most ships is that they dance around you getting drunk and then they puke on you and then you're allowed to get out of the brig. <laughs> um... And then, like, there's panic, like, when you do fight, like, ships and things, like, you know, just computers and things, uh, <laughs> they blow holes in your ship, and I'm just like, stop blowing holes in my ship! I constantly quote Pirates of the Caribbean playing this game, but also, like, you panic because you have to have planks, and you have to kneel it, and then you have to, like, literally remove the water from your ship by yourself, and so, like, somebody's steering the boat, and you have to, like, work to throw threw the water out and I remember one time I was doing it and I wasn't going far enough up the stairs for it so I was basically just throwing it and it just kept refilling the ship and I'm like it's not fucking going anywhere <laughs> uh, the game's fun man that game is fun alright Toki what's the next topic we have Toki are both Harry Potter nerds and the Harry Potter world is going to expand 
and be different than what is currently being uh what is the word the one that's in california is staying as it is right probably Yeah, so they're expanding on the franchise and expanding on what's currently available at Universal for the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, and I'm super excited for it because I would literally just go to go to Harry Potter World all alone, although I'm not going to lie, like, Disney World is fun, but man, Universal just hits as an adult. The rides are awesome. They're all, like, different experiences. Like, even if they're similar types of rides, it's just, oh, gosh, it's so good. Like, I can't wait to go back. And, you know, Super Mario World, like, me and Mr.'s dream is to go to Japan. But, you know, this world we live in is really expensive, and that's, like, you know, far on the horizon. So having it, you know, being incorporated closer to us, because there is one in California, but again... We live on the East Coast, so that's a six-hour flight to the West Coast. And California is fucking expensive, my guy. So I'm excited to have something come closer to home. And, you know, Harry Potter. Like, what else What else can I say? It's just... <laughs> it's going to be called, what, uh, Universal Escape, I think I read? universal epic universe or something like that so it's it's gonna be adjacent like universal adjacent and the last time I went down there was in 2017 and there's like there was a lot at the time there's a lot of dead space so to speak around for them to expand to because across the way they also have I think it's like volcano park which is a water park so you have Universal, you have Disney, and you have the water park all very closely together. So you can, you know, it's a nice family vacation spot. And then there's, it's a two-hour drive, I think it is, to go up to Tampa from Orlando. And you can go to Bush Gardens, and you can see all the zoo animals and go on all of their rides, too. So, I mean, it's a nice little vacation. And with Airbnbs being a thing... I never liked, like, as as nice as it is, is to be near the parks, like, even if you're staying at a resort near these parks, you still have to take a shuttle or something to get to the actual park, yeah. monorail, whatever. So why not get an Airbnb, be in a nice little comfortable area where you can cook some of your food so you're not eating, like, all the expensive the food at the don't get me wrong I love theme park food but like there's just something about being able to like go home or like start your day with like a nice solid meal before you go off the rails and just eat all of the shit all day yeah. so highly recommend from that hmm? from the looks of it that a lot of what is going to be in this version of the Harry Potter uh, area is going to be a lot of stuff related to Fantastic which I'm here for because they were really popular too and you know expand on the series like whatever your feelings are on J.K. Rowling 
right like i understand where people come from with saying like well if you support it you support whore whore jesus (laughs) Uh, her but there are also people who have removed her like she was just like the idea behind it but the community is the ones who are carrying it um in if you grow up with something that either got you through a hard time or just really touched you at a certain age like you're not going to be able to just remove those feelings and you shouldn't expect somebody to just do that because of your views on something because you don't know what that series got them through you know and why it means so much to them you know a lot of us it's not just a, a book series So that's my little tangent on that. I will be going. (laughs) And nobody can stop me. Not even Mr. He doesn't do theme parks. So he will come along for the ride. But I'm going to have to like bring somebody else who does rides. Because he does not. I mean, I I kind of am in his boat as well. I get motion sickness. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly why he doesn't. It's not like he's afraid or anything. He gets sick. So... I don't blame him for not doing them, but I still enjoy, like, experiencing rides with people. I, I have no problem with ones that is, like, that are slow, or if it's, like, like how the Tower of Terror works, where it goes up and then drops you. I have no issue with that. Roller coasters are what absolutely just hurdle my stomach. Yeah, that makes sense. A lot of the rides at Universal are inside. So it's a, it's it's different too, cause I feel like with motion sickness, it's a lot to do with you know seeing the ground and you know. My brain is not catching up to the speed we are going. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of fun rides at Universal though, and then like at Universal alone, they have the freaking Hogwarts Express. Like you literally take the train from one side of the park to the other. It's coolest fucking thing ever so anyways I could talk about Harry Potter and Harry Potter world all night so we will move on to the next one which I'm not gonna lie guys there's a possibility we talked about this on another podcast because I remember reading the article but uh, sometimes depending on time constraints we move topics to like the next available episode so I'm not really sure if this is what happened but if it did I'm sorry and if it didn't enjoy (laughs) Uh, so basically vaccines are still being tested with horseshoe crab blood and the the industry is finally changing around on this which I'm very very excited about because if you don't know the horseshoe crab is a literal dinosaur it's been here since the dinosaur age and because of their blue butt <laughs> Toki take over <laughs> because of their blue blood which is a phenomenon in this world they, it is an important ingredient used for testing medical devices and for I'm struggling just as much as you are it's a key ingredient for testing vaccines and medical devices for contamination yeah they 
Um, and this this little part kind of worried me. Is like is an important food source for rare birds, and it's like maybe we should be like breeding these and like trying to keep them safe because poachers and assholes exist. And then like there's so many humans on this world with cars and just things that can destroy these habitats and just accidentally a bird flies into a window of a house or whatever like we should be trying to create sanctuaries for these animals like if you know this bird migrates from this area to this area and they need this why aren't we working on that <laughs> and anyways that's a it's a news just a or tangent from the main subject here which is basically they have or are developing and have now made a synthetic blood that will kind of that'll act in the same way that horseshoe blood does so they won't need to be and this image it bothers me they're literally strapped not in the water they're just on this like metal slab strapped in just being like milked for all they've got. They're being blood-blooded there. It's just, that's just bad. And I mean, this is an older image, so they probably have changed their, well, I hope they've changed their processes a little bit since then, because this was in 2014, so we're looking at almost 10 years ago. But... I'm tired of humans taking advantage of things that can't fend for themselves. Like I get it. It they've the the horseshoe crab has done a lot for the human species in regards to development of things. But there are ways for us to figure out how to do it without that. So, I'm I'm invested in this like you know Let's not trade our lives for, you know, a literal dinosaur. Like, it's a dinosaur. It lived. Leave it alone. If anyone doesn't know what a horseshoe crab looks like, it, it looks like a Pokemon. It's the coolest fucking thing ever. So, when I was younger, they used to wash up at the beach near my house. And me and my friends would take it. So, it basically has... a. Uh, a horn that kind of flips out and that's what they use to get themselves out of tricky situations and it's basically if you ever watched what is that word um the robot mash uh, ro the robotics teams that made robots to fight each other yeah. it, it looks like one of those it has a, 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 a arm that comes out and it you know, if it, it's like if a, a turtle gets stuck on its back, it, it can't help itself. This thing has a device that helps it. And it also does other things. But basically, we would take it by its horn and gently ease it back into the water because they were beached. And, you know, they would, like, float away. And it's cool, like, because as a kid, you don't know it's a dinosaur. You don't really know what the hell it is, you know. <laughs> but... You know, I was never the type to be like, oh, I'm going to stomp on this or whatever. That's just... Ugh, I hate people who are like that. Right. So, I'm I'm glad we've... Since... We are trying as a species to do better. Any other thoughts on that? 
Okay. You want to bring us into the next uh, topic here? Are you able to see it? No. <laughs> I, 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 this isn't even a website that, so there's a specific site that I get some of our topics off called Game Rant, and that sometimes has issues with allowing me to visualize things, because I can see it on my phone, and then I get on my computer, it's like, turn off your ad blocker, and I'm like, no, because I'm on Windows 11 and it has built-in shit and then I have my own two other antiviruses that have pop-up blockers and then I use Opera GX that has pop-up. It's too much, man. It's too, it's too much. It is too much. So, luckily, Toki, it, it's always Toki, too, that I get, <laughs> we do these and I'm like, I can't okay. see it. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna need you to do the other one too. Which one? So game rants for Minecraft and then the movie one. Okay, okay. So since you have this one up, we'll talk about this one first. So Go ahead. Game Rants has an article here about the six most rare mob variants in Minecraft. And I have thoughts about this guys, because I am I don't wanna say I'm a Minecraft expert. But I know things. <laughs> like I watch a lot. I consume a lot of Minecraft content. Okay. So. <sighs> literally. <laughs> like because I work uh, from home. And I have to have a quiet environment. Most of the time I have like streams up muted. And for whatever reason, Minecraft is just, like, the thing that I usually have up. And so, yeah. Uh, some of these are, yes, rare. And then some of them, I'm like, okay, but you can manipulate this. Okay, so number six is the brown panda. And if you're, if you're just talking about, like, natural generation, it's going to be very rare for you to get a panda. But you can literally just get two pandas and keep breeding it up until you get one. I literally was watching Get Railed today breed brown pandas. And once you have two brown pandas, you have an infinite source of brown pandas because you get a brown panda every time. So... It, it took him, like, an hour. Like, it, it took a decent amount of time, but now... After an hour, he has all of the brown pandas that he wants. So, yeah, for the natural spawn, it's a 2.04 chance to spawn. But, obviously, you have ways of manipulating those percentages by breeding them. So, a brown panda has a 5% chance of spawning as a baby brown panda, making them even rarer. Which, I literally watched him and he had two brown pandas and he just has an infinite source. So, I don't know if they've changed it or if this article has it incorrect. But, either way, you can manipulate these stats and it's not as hard as, as it's making it seem. And they're cute, but they're just like very... It's not a huge difference. Like, the black and the brown are very close together. So it's not really a huge difference, like, in regards to the color change. So, 
I don't know. I'd much rather a grumpy panda any day. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Uh, num- number five here is the blue axolotl, which you can only obtain through breeding. And it's like, the stats aren't here, but from what I remember and from what content I've watched, it's basically one in like 10,000. So one in every 10,000 that you breed, you'll get the chance of having a blue axolotl. So that one's super rare, but there's other colors that are similar enough to it that it's just like, if you have a bunch of axolotls and you have an axolotl sanctuary, go for it. See how many it takes you. Cause you just need buckets of tropical fish and you can easily, uh, you know, get those front like trading water wandering traders, and you know just having like if you're near a warm ocean that has tropical fish in it, or if you're by a mangrove swamp, same thing. You can just have endless amounts of spawns of tropical fish for you to feed your axolotls from. So number four is the charged creeper. Which doesn't naturally spawn, right? No, it, it happens if during a thunderstorm a creeper is struck by lightning. But you, again, you can have an enchantment on your... <laughs> this is where I get really nerdy. <laughs> so you can have an enchantment on your trident called channeling that during a thunderstorm you can force the spawn of a charged creeper. And this is, in, in for another tip, this is the only way to get, so I know you guys have probably seen, you know, people who've played Minecraft that have custom mob heads, like every mob drops its head, but there are base heads that are dropped in this game, and the only way to get them is to have the charged creeper blow up and kill said mob. So, um, yeah. It's, it's cool. It's like, I don't, it's like two or three times the normal blast. So when it explodes, make sure you're near a part of an area that you don't care about because you're about to have a quarry. <laughs> What's next? Toki? Number three is the brown mushroom, which is a variant of the normal red mushroom. So they, they spawn naturally. It, it's not very easily found. But again, you can strike them a regular mushroom with your channeling trident and you can get a brown mushroom. And then, so instead of, and then once you have the brown mushroom, you can feed it. So, you know, you can craft suspicious stew and each suspicious stew has like different ingredients that require the recipe for, you know, blindness or uh, night vision or regeneration. So if you feed a daffodil, not, is that what they're called? Dandelion. I knew it started with the D. The yellow flowers, the dandelion, to a brown mushroom, then you have, you know, for every flower you feed it, you have a bowl of regen soup. And mushrooms are in general a good food source because they give you soup it's not great saturation unless you feed it you know the ingredients for that but still if you're in a pickle 
you always have free food. And if you're on a mushroom island, you have endless supplies of beef anyways because you can just kill them, you get the beef, and then they naturally spawn. So, yes, it's rare. It's number three on this list, but again, you can manipulate it to get it. So the next one is the pink sheep, and I swear every new Minecraft world I load up, there is a pink sheep just in the wild. So I think they may have changed this spawn rate, or I'm just super lucky, because they weren't introduced until the, or sorry, they were introdu introduced way back in the beta version of Minecraft, and had a 0 0.164 chance percent to percent chance to spawn. God, my brain is dyslexic as fuck. <laughs> and uh, I guess this is mostly speaking about like a baby pink sheep as opposed to a, a fully grown sheep, which makes more sense because I usually only see like black, white, or uh, gray. Yeah. Baby sheep. And the chances of finding a baby sh pink sheep are, oh, Jesus, what is that? Half of that other number is 0.0082%. So, yeah, it's half of the chance to spawn for a normal size for a baby pink sheep to spawn. I mean, they eventually grow into an adult sheep. I guess they're, so I just learned today, like, there are ways to manipulate the game so that your animals don't grow up. Um, cause I always thought like, you can't just stick them in a one by one and make them stay that height because they just suffocate. <laughs> but apparently there's ways to keep them as babies, but who knew? I, I, don't, I don't think I've personally come across a sheep, so I'm going to say you're just very lucky. Huh. Okay. I'll take it then. Specifically, specifically, the one that rides a baby chicken or rides a chicken. They're super cute. <laughs> I feel like I get attacked by these every time I load up and go mining for iron. So, <laughs> baby zombies hit hard. <laughs> they hit harder than regular zombies. It doesn't make sense. Like, there's been many a Minecraft world lost to baby zombies because they hit hard and they hit fast. And they take more hits to kill than an adult uh, zombie. But I will attest that I don't see... I mean, I've seen them enough to know that they exist. But I would argue that a skeleton jockey, which is basically a skeleton on the back of a spider, is more rare than a baby zombie on a chicken. But I find them super cute, so. <laughs> and then um baby baby piglins and baby zombie it's either baby zombie piglins or baby piglins can also ride chickens. <laughs> If it's the zombie ones, you don't really have to worry about it, though, because they don't attack you. 
And they basically only occur when you have, like, mob farms. It's not like you're going to be in the nether and you're going to see one on a chicken. That, that would be an experience and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. They are rare, but, a, like, half of, at least half of that list were able to be manipulated, so... Take that information with with you as you will. <laughs> yeah. And also remember for your axolotls, if you're breeding them, make sure that they have lips in the, like the pond area that they're in and they have name tags because A, they can despawn and B, they can get off of the water and be really stupid and not get back in the water. Yeah. So just make sure they're like safe in their little sanctuary area. Okay, our last topic. Perfect in time for a spooktober. Spooky season. Season? Season? Spooky Steven, huh? <laughs> Spooky, scary Steven. <laughs> I don't think that nap I took earlier helped. <laughs> I don't think so either, but that's fine. I was just late to work. That's about all. Uh, so Beetlejuice 2 is coming. Do we have a date? Or a envisioned next date? Year? Oh, next year? Possible. God, the original came out in 1988. It's still such a good movie. And it holds up. Like, the, don't get me wrong. Like, the the effects and everything are goofy but like it fit for the movie so almost almost exactly oh man I wish it was coming out in Halloween so it's penciled in for September 6th of 2024 um, to give us a little rundown of what Beetlejuice 2 is going to play off of the original and what it's going to do as a standalone you know a secondary movie almost 40 <laughs> Ooh, that hurts to say. Almost 40 years later. <laughs> I mean, it, it's still a good movie. Yeah, it just hurts to say because it's just like, why did it take so long for it to come out? You know, but it's a great movie. Mister just watched it for the first time last year with me. Yeah, he never seen it. What is madness? He doesn't like movies. We've got, we've we've talked about Clearly. this. He liked it though, for what it's worth. Good. Now he's gotta watch the original TV series. <sighs> Do you know how hard it is to get him to watch that shit? Speaking, this is a little bit of a tangent, but uh, the new season of American Horror Story came out, and I started watching. I was like five minutes into an episode before he called me, and he started watching it with me. And so we've gotta watch. We have like a couple of episodes now that we've gotta catch up on. But he hasn't seen the other movie, the other movies, the other, uh, you know, seasons of the show. And basically they've gotten more weirder and more, like, disturbed as the seasons have come on. <laughs> so I'll, I'll inform you guys or have him inform you when he's on the next episode of uh, 
his experience, but so far he hates the opening like theme song <laughs> and images. <laughs> I'm like Yeah, I th I think like uh we'll circle back and I'll have him start with Murder House and we'll just go through all of them. I really enjoyed Coven. I think he'll enjoy Freak Show. I did not enjoy the clown, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so what do we have going on for Beetlejuice 2 in regards to, because I know I read something about it, like, trying to keep the general feel of the first movie, but... They're going to be bringing back practical effects rather than post-production effects. Huh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Tim Burton's the one that makes clay models of everything, right? Yes. So, yeah, that makes sense. You know, for what he was doing, it made sense to have clay models because, you know, this movie came out in 1988. So that whole, like, little scaled set of the town that the first movie was based in, you know... Um, but what do we have story-wise? What details have they given us for the storyline? It's going to be mostly following Lydia's teenage daughter, who will be played by Jenna Ortega. And they will be bringing back Catherine O'Hara, who was Lydia's mother. I'm happy about that. I love her. She's also Moira in Schitt's Creek. If you've seen that, she's done a billion other things, but she's awesome. So basically we have, it's going to be Lydia Dietz as a, t a mother to a teenager and then somehow Beetlejuice gets brought back into, you know, maybe the daughter discovers the book or, you know, so she, the teenage daughter obviously has to discover something from when I feel like it's going to be this case of it's like she's grown up in this house alongside her mother and grandmother knowing that the ghosts are there because they are visible at least Lydia so we have Renona Ryder coming back and Catherine O'Hara coming back Which is is great, and then obviously the the teenage daughter will be played by somebody new because she wasn't <laughs> she was a teenager in the first movie. Um, oh, by it's a smart choice of who they picked currently. Say that again. But it's a smart choice that they picked a popular actress for this new role. Yes. Not a bad actress. I 
I'm not gonna lie, I don't think I know who she is. Or at least I don't know her by name. She plays Wednesday in the Wednesday series on Netflix. Okay, so it makes sense that they cast her in this movie then. Yeah. I haven't watched the series, so I don't have any opinions. I am excited for this movie, though, because, you know, the first Beetlejuice is, like, great movie year-round, but obviously, like, one of the musts for Halloween season to watch. Yeah. It's just like Nightmare Before Christmas. That's just a year-round movie. (laughs) I can't watch Nightmare Before Christmas in mid-October. I have to do it on October 31st into November 1st. That's fair, because I always said it bridges the gap between Halloween and Christmas because of what the movie is. Um, and then it, it, I always wished that we had a sequel to that movie, too, where Jack goes and experiences other... Because you when he goes into the forest and he goes through the tree door, you have Valentine's Day and Easter and... Um, Thanksgiving all portrayed so I always kind of wanted them to explore that aspect of things but nothing yet but you know with Beetlejuice 2 you know Nightmare Before Christmas was technically I think it came out in 92 92 or 94 so we might you know it, it could be on the horizon I don't know who you're referring to. Okay, Give me the person their... who literally voiced and did all the singing for Jack Skellington. Oh God, Google. Because he's also the person who scored the entire film. Yes. It is Chris Sarandon. No. No, Danny Elfman. Danny Elf- yeah. yeah. I, I would love to see them reprise those roles. Danny Elfman just recently did something in for Nightmare Before Christmas with uh, Helen Bonham Carter, right? I think so. I just recently saw something about it. I don't know how recently it happened, but, you know, recently saw it. But yeah, we have some good stuff coming in the next year or so. Any lasting thoughts on that one, Toke? Other than I can say I'm excited. Also excited for the movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's fair. I I haven't gone to the movies in a long time, but that will certainly be a movie that I have to see in theaters. I love I like Joss Hutchinson as an actor. I loved him as PETA in the Hunger Games. Um, we 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 talked about the movie uh, on a previous podcast episode. I I don't I'm weird about like quote unquote scary movies in a theater because I have hearing issues. Like I get um 
overwhelmed and overstimulated if it's it's too loud and obviously you go to the movie theaters and that's kind of one of the the grabs for a lot of people so it's hard but scary movies for whatever reason are just like worse for me but it looked good and I kind of want to see it but I probably won't see it in theaters Well, I have the, as of right now, I haven't played any of the the FNAF games. But if you follow me on Twitch, if you follow me on Twitch, you can use your channel points to um try and make me suffer through a FNAF game on Halloween. Speaking of that, I'll go add my two thousand right now. <laughs> it's fifty k by Halloween, and obviously, like, it can be hit on Halloween because it's not gonna end, but. Uh, we, you guys also have the mortuary assistant that I've got a plan to do too. So that should be fun. And then I need other scary games, uh, suggested to me. So if you guys listen, uh, always feel free to reach out. You can reach out to us by Twitter or, uh, following our, either one of our socials and, you know, just getting in touch there, the batter. Uh, podcast at on Twitter is where you can reach us there. I probably should start putting that stuff in the description of my episodes. I'm trying to get better about that. Um, you know, now that I'm not in respawn recruits, I'll have less to do on my to-do list so I can start focusing on these projects a little bit more in, in regards to what I want to do for them. And, you know, we have, I looked at my analytics, we mentioned this last week, we're doing, you know, decently. I didn't think that anybody was listening to the podcast, and we have, you know, a good audience. So thank you guys for listening. And any final thoughts on that, Toki? That clearly everyone listening should follow the podcast, favorite it, and go follow Miss Katie Cupcake on her Twitch and all her socials, because she's a fantastic <laughs> creator. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. Same goes for Toki. Uh, basically, just follow her on Twitch because she's not really active on Twitter and she tries to be active on Instagram. This month, she is active on Instagram because I did challenge her to Inktober and she's going to try to do her best with all of that. So go check out her art. It's Artsy Bear. Is there numbers? 21. Huh? RC Bear 21. RC Bear 21. So A R T I. Well, it'll be in the description. So just look in the description. It's cause... linked on my main Instagram in the bio. Yeah. So I will link all of her socials and all of that stuff below. And you know what? I, I will work on getting all of my stuff uh, listed as well so that you guys can participate more. I know that there's polls that we can do on. Um, Spotify specifically I got us on Apple Podcasts. I'm not really sure what they offer creators I have to now that I finally got us on there I kind of have to figure out what we can do for interactions on there but anyways I think that's going to do it for this episode (laughs) Uh, so thank you guys for listening thank you guys for supporting and make sure you go check out Toki and if you have feedback let us know and we will catch you on the next one thank you to toki for joining me thank you for having me again of course and uh yeah good night Mwah. <laughs>